Hello, everyone, and welcome to Watch and Walk podcast with Ebenezer. This podcast aims at inspiring you to trust in God and obey His Word every day. Be edified as you listen to this exhortation. Hello, friend. My name is Ebenezer, and I believe you are doing well by God's grace. Last week, I offered you the third part of my conversation with Esther, and I trust that you found it edifying. Today, I present to you the fourth part of our conversation, where I ask Esther about her weaknesses and her thoughts on the mystery of God's plan. And let me remind you again that the role of Esther is played by Monica Stevenson, who is a graduate from Baylor Truett Seminary and Dallas Theological Seminary. Please take a listen to the fourth part of our dialogue. And uh, let, let's look at a, a weakness. Um, did you have any weakness? And if you you had, uh, what 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 was it? The weaknesses, I would say, um, fear. Mm. Uh, although fear is a human emotion, um, it is also something that I believe that can be weakness um, that we find in ourselves. There's a scripture I think of that perfect love drives out all fear. Hmm. Um, and I would love to say that I responded in faith immediately when Mordecai asked me to oh, respond. Yeah. But oh, I was yes. terrified. I was, terrified. <laughs> I was afraid. I was afraid. And even to ask the king to honor me with his presence at a banquet in his honor um, after he thankfully spared my life. Fear was not um, for me an absence of, of faith, but a natural human emotion that mm. I could either succumb to or I could overcome um, mm. through the power of God, right? So for me, fear then becomes a catalyst. It wakens, it can waken us up um, to opportunity that is presented before us, um, things that God is able to do in our lives. Um, if we but submit our fear to Him. And so when we talk about fasting and prayer, that's an excellent opportunity for us to submit our fear to Him, to God, mm. to bring it to Him and say, mm. I'm afraid. <laughs> and hear Him say, okay, yes, sweet daughter, but do it afraid. Um, and that is what I, I chose to do, is to do well, it afraid. So in, in that moment, we, so to speak, we cast our cares and our fears yeah. upon Him. Because he cares, right? Yes. Wow. Uh, so fear, uh, that's, that, that's, that's something yeah, worth noting there. Now, there's this, there's this scripture, of course, it doesn't really talk about your story, but it talks about our uh, conforming to the image of Christ and God's plan for our lives. I mean, those who are um, in God's kingdom. And the Apostle Paul um, said this, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a very familiar scripture. Uh, he said that, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Um, yes, yeah, I said, even though it talks about, you know, walking, I mean, being like Christ, I mean, conforming to the image of Christ for those of us who followed the Messiah. When you connect this particular story, I mean, scripture to your story, um, what would you say about it? How does this, your story illustrate this scripture? And can you use your experience and this scripture to just exalt us, to just admonish or probably um, encourage all of us? 
my story is one of seemingly a a lot of unrelated circumstances that appear to be very disconnected and incongruent with each other. Hmm. And by the end of my story, you see that it was all connected. What does an orphaned, uh, you know, child who is from a small tribe in a small people group <laughs> who somehow gets elevated to be queen and somehow has the opportunity to save not only one life, the life of the king who is so high um, and lofty, but also the people, mm-hmm. her own people. Um, and so by the end of the story, you, you begin to see the thread of my life and how it's connected to the tapestry that God is creating. Mm. My life in of itself is insignificant, but put together in this larger work, as body of work that God is creating, it becomes very significant. So you pull that one thread out and somehow you have holes um, in who we understand God to be. That scripture in Romans 8.28 also reminds me of the prophet Jeremiah's words, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And I hear a lot of people quoting that verse, but not realizing that during that time, the people were going into exile and already Mm -hmm. some were in exile and facing great hardship. Um, And I think uh, for those who are listening to this podcast to understand that in my story, God chose to intervene, to turn the tables on our enemy and to allow us to be saved. And throughout the history of my people, that also is the case on many occasions. But there are also occasions when, you know, they're not saved through it. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Mm. and how they were ushered into the fiery furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar. And they said something that was so profound before they were ushered into that very hot space. Mm. They said, we will, we will not bow to you, O King. And they said very similar words to what I uttered, which was like, we may die. If I perish, I I perish. If I perish. I like that. And, and, and so there was a real possibility that they would die. Hmm. And so being faced with that, and there are some who are martyred for the faith who knew that they were going to face lions and they were going to die. But that through the working out of their faith that God was creating something glorious. And so the good may not be this sort of pie in the sky and all the things are going to just be like unicorns and rainbows but that at the end of the day, whether this life or the next, God is going to make good on his promise Mm. that we get to trust him in the, in the midst of our situations, knowing that he is faithful and that he loves us and that he has a plan and a purpose for us. And that plan and purpose are good. Mm, Great. Um, Good thoughts there. And that brings to mind this um, word that came to, me and a friend, um, Eric Amuzu, we were having a conversation. And um, 
we're just talking about breakthroughs, you know, how God can open doors for us. And then it came to mind that sometimes God gives us breakthroughs, all right? Other times he gives us pass-throughs. So. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, what I've realized is that the pass-throughs um, are more than the breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. So like when you pass through the fire, I'm going to be with you, right? Yes. And, uh, but we don't like the pass-through. Yeah. We always want the breakthrough. Yes. And we need to have this mindset of if I perish, I perish. Mm-hmm. If we want to be productive and impactful to our generation, we we need to have that mindset so that when the trials come, Jesus has already promised us that he sh- he has overcome and so we should be of good cheer. But mm-hmm. he has promised us that tribulation and persecutions are part of this life. And that's mm-hmm. why Paul affirmed that yea, all those who want to live godly lives in Christ will suffer persecution. So it's no news when we yeah. are persecuted but remember that god is with us and he will give us a path through by his yeah. spirit by his grace by his wisdom yeah. and he said that grace to overcome the fear and uh, yes. to do what we are called to do even when we know the danger that may yes. you know face us and i, I to yeah. me it's really in, insightful it's very inspiring and yeah. i really um great i'm really grateful for your yeah um, your story ebenezer i love the the specific uh, verse that you mentioned about you know be of cheer because he is o- I have overcome the world and Jesus is speaking in that but then you look forward and he, it's saying that he has overcome the world but he died right oh, yes, pretty yes, gruesome yes. death yeah, yeah and yeah. so you know our our human eyes as we look at these stories um, it can be very easy to um connect or from our lenses look at things as failures or as um a defeat right the the night that jesus died um i wonder if those who are around him thought this is for sure a defeat Mm. but not realizing that what was to come was him overcoming Mm. and so just not to look at things from our human perspective, but to understand and trust that God has a larger perspective, a larger um, body of work that He is about, right? Mm, wow. um, that He will yeah. complete that work. Yeah, um, yeah. We can trust that He can, He will complete that work. And that work may happen, um, some of it, a bit of it after we're gone. Um, mm-hmm. As in, in my story, I'm gone. Yeah, um, but, but your story is still speaking to us. But the story us. is still going on, and it's yeah, still, it's still speaking forward. to us. Now, uh, great. Let, let me zero in on another part of that story. We're going to talk about a thread, um, the tapestry that God is weaving or even wove in your situation. Uh, let's talk about the way Haman was humiliated or <laughs> overcome at the end, and the way Mordecai, um, your relative, was exalted. That is also something that was somehow unrelated, but God used it. Uh, just look at the, the story, I mean, the, 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 the situation between Mordecai and even Haman, your mm-hmm. arch enemy, and tell us a bit about hatred, anger. Look at this person who just want, not only not only did he want to um, hurt Mordecai, he wanted to kill or annihilate your people. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit about what hatred or anger can do to a people, especially in our time where, you know, mm-hmm. hatred and division mm. and injustice yeah. you know, we know what is going on in our world now racism you can talk about it but what mm. hatred can do and i think 
your story can help us and um, get something about yes that's a great great um point that you're making and i believe that um what happened between Mordecai and Haman can be um summed up uh, i think there's a term called reversal of fortune mm. um where one literally takes the place of another where one seeks to be exalted and then ultimately is killed and one who is destined to be killed is then exalted mm-hmm. um and so at the end you see uh, at the beginning you see Haman in this position of um incredible power and honor um and because of the way that he manages that um and he goes against the the cause of 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 the lord um he finds himself hanging from the gallows and Mordecai who is not in a position of authority or power who is actually destined for the gallows um that Haman has set up for his demise is at the end of the day elevated into a position of honor and authority mm-hmm. um and so we see that you know sort of throughout my story orphan becomes queen um queen becomes not queen mm-hmm. <laughs> um so we see those reversals happen throughout my story but um to your point um hatred and anger really do um impact um the object of such feelings um and in the life of someone who feels these emotions um of hatred and anger um and I'm when I say hatred and anger I mean uh unrighteous right mm. yeah cuz we can have righteous anger Mm, um mm. and in the bible it does speak of god hating certain things and so yeah, yeah, um yeah. because god is righteous he ex- exhibits righteousness when he feels those uh when he yeah. is identified with those emotions yeah. however yeah. for those of us who feel those um in an unrighteous way they can mm. be very much a poison to us um and Unfortunately that poison never quite stays contained like we expect it to. It literally spews over everything around us. It corrupts completely. Um and so you you begin to see the corruption um as it happens through the life of Haman mm-hmm. and how his life slowly but surely deteriorates into uh where he he's no longer, you know, it, continues living um because of the the what his hatred and anger birthed right mm-hmm. cuz everything that we're we're doing you produces some sort of fruit right mm-hmm. so his hatred and anger produced fruit um which led to his destruction yeah although yeah. he was planning the destruction of others yeah um what jim said that um a human anger does not lead to the righteousness of god and he talked about righteous anger and on on righteous anger two things i have noted about hatred and anger that if it is coming from god it's normally um addressed or directed or targeted at a thing at a practice at a, at an evil practice mm-hmm. it is redemptive it is it seeks to correct a practice it is mm-hmm. not that targeted or it is not directed at a being at a human mm-hmm. being and I, that's why i think it, it, we call it righteous anger because it is so divine and directed that it is able to correct a thing without destroying the being 
Okay, and we see example with uh, Martin Luther King. Okay, mm-hmm. non-violence, non-resistance. It has a, a way of speaking against injustice without destroying the unjust person. Yeah. Still see the unjust person as mm-hmm. someone created in the image of God. And that's the beauty of um, hatred as directed by God. And one thing I also noted is that if it's anger or hatred directed or orchestrated by God, um, it overcomes sin. Yeah. But then unrighteous anger is overcome by sin. Yes, those are very important distinctions to yeah. make. Is, That's what is I've that, Yeah, it's it's and, and, and even thinking about um, some of the ways in which um, good has been able to triumph over evil is because love was present. Mm. When we think of love as that expression or that extension, because even though the Lord was ha- hating some of the actions that were done. Um, or hating um, sin, um, he loved the sinner, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with unrighteous hatred and anger, um, it is often very self-centered, mm-hmm. um, self-focused, and not thoughtful of the things of God. And mm-hmm. so we learn so many great lessons and, and this um, it, it becomes an exercise that we can do for ourselves to ask the question, where is this anger at? Where is this anger coming from? Who is this anger directed toward? Mm-hmm. And what's my heart posture as wow. I'm feeling this anger? You know, mm-hmm. as we see injustices that are perpetrated in the society that is around and as you all live in this society, um, I think that it's absolutely appropriate to pattern your heartbeat after God's heartbeat um, of loving justice, of loving mercy, loving um, those who are downtrodden and who are um, maligned, um, who are the marginalized, the oppressed, because those are things that are close to to God's heart. Um, But when we are sort of self-focused and we are loving, as Haman did, praise for ourselves, Mm -hmm. and we're angry at people who do not give us the appropriate amount of attention or praise um, that we think we're worthy or we're due, um, then we have to ask the question, you know, is that more akin to pride um, mm. in our, for ourselves? And so asking the root of that, I think, is a, is a quite a good practice. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I hope you were blessed by this fourth part of my interaction with Esther. Next week, God willing, Please join me again on this podcast for the final part of my interaction with this character. Until then, may God bless your reflection on this part in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Watch and Walk Podcast with Ebenezer. Watch and Walk Podcast comes to you this and every Wednesday. To get notifications of new episodes, please subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Watch and Walk Ministry. Visit us at watchandwalk.org to learn more about this ministry. God bless you.